You're listening to the Sex and Psychology Podcast, the sex ed you never got in school and won't get anywhere else. I am your host, Dr. Justin Miller. I am a social psychologist and research fellow at the Kinsey Institute and author of the book, Tell Me What You Want, The Science of Sexual Desire and How It Can Help You Improve Your Sex Life. How can I have better, hotter sex? This is a super common question people have about their intimate lives, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. In this episode, we're going to walk you through what you need to know about taking your sex life to the next level. Specifically, we'll be discussing how to figure out what it is that you really want from sex, how to use your fantasies for inspiration, how to change your sexual mindset in order to promote greater connection and pleasure, healthy ways of introducing new things in the bedroom, what to do when the old ways just aren't working anymore, as well as how to keep the fire burning for the long run. I am joined once again by both Amy Baldwin and April Lampert. Amy is a sex and relationship coach, certified sex educator, as well as co-owner of a mother-daughter-owned online pleasure boutique. April is vice president and co-owner of Hot Octopus, an innovative pleasure product company. Together, April and Amy combine forces to create the Shameless Sex Podcast, inspiring radical self-love, sexual empowerment, and shame-free intimacy. Their new book is titled Shameless Sex, Choose your own pleasure path to unlock the sex life you've been waiting for. This is going to be an amazing conversation. Stick around and we're going to jump in right after the break. Sex and psychology listeners know that sex is great, but pleasure is key. Pleasure in and around sex requires support, resources, and knowledge. What if you could get all of those things and some awesome sex toys all in one place? Earth & Salt is your pleasure-centered sex toy store, offering toys, accessories, and a bevy of useful resources around sex, intimacy, relationships, and connection. Shop their curated selection of sex toys. Pour over their wide selection of books covering sex, the body, and relationships, and check out their informative blog featuring pieces from sex educators from around the country. Once you're ready to make that pleasurable purchase, Use discount code LAYMILLER for 15% off your next purchase at earthandsaltshop.com. You can also find the link and discount code in the show notes. Enjoy. We all know that there are a lot of problems with traditional sex education, but one of the biggest is that the topic of women's pleasure is almost completely neglected. It's something people often have to learn about all on their own. So to make things easier, there's a wonderful resource I can recommend called Beducated. They have an extensive library of courses you can take at your own pace in the comfort of your own home. They have some fantastic, shame-free courses on women's pleasure that will teach you what you need to know about the female orgasm, the G-spot, oral pleasure techniques, and so much more. These courses are ideal for women and anyone who loves women. Try all of their courses today for free, and if you like what you see, which I know you will, you can get 60% off the yearly pass by using my last name, Miller, as the coupon code. There's also a 14-day money-back guarantee. Check the show notes for the link, and be sure to use my last name to claim your discount. Okay, Amy and April, let's talk about how to have hotter sex. I think a good starting point for this is to step back and ask whether you even know what it is that you want from sex in the first place. I mean, if you want to make sex hotter, you kind of have to know what kind of sex you really want to have. But a super common question people have is, 
how do I know what I want in the bedroom? And a lot of people approach sex by just doing what they think they're supposed to be doing, or they're following a porn script, or they're just trying to please their partner. And so the sex they're having just isn't connected to their inner wants, and it's being driven by something else. So what's your advice for folks trying to figure out what it is that they really want from sex? Okay. Well, this is a great question, and it's a big chapter of our book because that is something that people, I think they seek out a lot of times sex podcasts for this reason. Like, what are the tools? It's kind of annoying, just like communication is, is, is the key to a lot of things that people want uh, just a switch. And there you go. Now you're going to have all the answers. However, it really does start with you and getting to know your body, your turn-ons. And if that's hard for you, having a self-pleasure practice that you can carry with you into the bedroom and then learning the best way for you to voice that. I, again, and Amy, we always, and most sex educators talk about taking it outside of the bedroom. So you could have a self-pleasure practice a few times a week. Say it's your, if you have children, you could make sure they know that you need this time for yourself and put something on the door. Like, don't bother me, go watch a movie and I'm gonna, I have, I have to have some me time. And you can explore with your hands, which is a great way to start. And then you can start incorporating sex toys and then voicing this. Uh, with your partner or showing them while they watch you or with their hands, if you're comfortable with that, um, incorporating the sex toys in, if that's what you think. I think sex toys are an amazing tool to keep things hot and spicy. And there's endless amounts of sex toys out there and different ways that you can, they could be applied and not only just vibrators, but also um, different restraints and things like this. If you want to get more advanced, I too was a person that always thought my pleasure was going to be in the hands of someone else. Um, thinking that why are they not able to help me orgasm? I don't understand. And really finally in the pleasure evolution of, of my body, realizing that, wait, I'm in charge of my own pleasure. I can write down what I want and then share that, that as they're happening in the journal. You know, if you, if you're a journaler or you could have a voice memo on your phone, uh, write down the things like I really love OMGS too for exploring vulva owners out there that want to explore different techniques. If they're scared about using their hands and not knowing what to do, but really drop into that. And there's so many different tools in our book about how to have a self-pleasure practice. And if that's easy for you, you're listening right now and you're like, I already do that, uh, but I still don't know what I want. Then there's other avenues you can take, which uh, I know Amy will have some stuff to add to that as well. Yeah. Just piggybacking with what you said, the, for some people, yeah, a self-pleasure practice is like, okay, yeah, I, I know that, but what do I do? What do I do with my hands? What do I do with these toys? And I was one of those people. I was I was not a, a childhood masturbator. I tried, but I, was, I just was interested in the smell and the texture. And like that. I was like, what's this? But like never figured out how to self-pleasure. And, you know, there wasn't a lot out there during that time about like what I could possibly do. And, and now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's why kids were like humping the pole on the playground. And like, you know, April had some fun with her teddy bear back in the day. And, but I, that just never came to me. And so even as an adults, a young adult, I still didn't really know how to know what I wanted and didn't even know how to navigate that. And just like April said, listening to podcasts, we're in this really great day and age where we can access so many perspectives and ideas. It doesn't mean we're going to be into all of it, but I feel like the more knowledge we take in, the more understanding we can have about, huh, that seems interesting to me. Or no, I'm a hard no to that. That seems like something that will not work for me. And we're big on, it's not just ours. A lot of people talk about this, but the yes, no, maybe list, right? So if you learn or hear about something that you're like, ooh, I feel a little turn on or curiosity about that, you could put that on a yes or maybe list. And if you learn about or hear about something that 
you're like, no, 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 definitely not. Don't want to do that. Put it on your no list because that is really important information that could lead you closer to the direction of what it is that you want. And then from that list, there might be some things that you can try on your own. Start trying them and see what feels good is, oh, it's on my yes list. Oh yeah, no, 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 this is not my thing. Now it's on the no list. Or if, if with partners, you can do the same thing and start to explore that. Um, this is also where we have, I believe you're, you're in here, Justin, right? This is like that. I'm, I'm not sure what should, what should stay in fantasy versus reality part of our book. And I, and, and I know that you, you specialize in this, Justin. I, I think that the fantasies or like spank bank material, while it might not match what we actually want to do, and which is what you're talking about in our book, we really appreciate that. It can still be really informative to even the little details that you might want to do, right? So maybe my spank bank material, and actually this is true for me. My spank bank material is very much like dominance and submission to the point of it being non-consensual acts of sexual violence. That's in my spank bank. I don't actually want to do that. But my spank bank has informed me and, and also watching certain porn scenes where that is very much the theme or even not, not porn, like an R-rated movie. And there's like, you know, a violent scene and I will feel turned on about it. I'm like, what's wrong with me? It doesn't tell me, oh, I definitely want to go and have some non-consensual acts of sexual violence or even do like role play that is like a rape fantasy. I've learned that I can take little pieces of that. Oh, I'm I'm into dominance and submission specifically with me in a submissive role with a strong masculine figure who is kind of taking over the scene. And I feel like I can surrender to them and I might be called like a bad girl, a dirty little slut or whatever. And that it really works for me. So I think that paying attention to those and, and if you don't even have some people, you don't, and you know this, Justin, too, if you're like, okay, what's your fantasy? They're like, I don't have any. Okay, what if, if you don't have any now, what about five years ago? Or maybe if you don't think of it as a fantasy, but what about like, what's the hottest thing you heard about in the last 10 years that someone's done or a scene in a movie that kind of got, like, got you a little curious and that can give you some information about what it is that you might be into. Yeah. And there's so much that I could say about sexual fantasies. I'm glad you brought the subject up because I think our fantasies can often be informative about things that turn us on and things that we might want to try, but they're not necessarily always things that we want to do. And sometimes the fantasy is masking what the underlying needs are. And so I think there's often value in kind of deconstructing our fantasies and saying, what is it about this fantasy or this scenario that really turns me on? And when you can start to pull out those elements, you know, maybe it's physical sensations that you want to feel or a certain connection or state of mind that you want to have with your partner, that can make it easier to maybe adapt that into real life as opposed to saying, hey, we've got to replay this fantasy exactly as it works in my head in the bedroom tonight. You know, that's sometimes too much pressure and sometimes isn't exactly what it is that you really want. But let's say you figured out what it is that you want from sex, roughly. Now, I think the next step is learning how to be a good lover. And by that, I mean approaching sex with the right mindset, where you're going to create connection and it's going to lead to pleasure for everybody involved. And you have a whole chapter in your book on becoming a better lover. So can you share some tips that might be useful for anyone who's just looking to try and level up their bedroom skills? Well, mastery is definitely sexual masteries. And I feel like the masters of anything never stop learning, right? They're, they're the ones that are always uh, attaining more information and learning about 
their subjects that I don't want to call other partners <laughs> subjects. But if you think about it that way, one tool that we talk about again and again and again and again in the book is meditation, because when you can really settle in and focus on it's a single pointed form of focus, right? Your, your mind is going somewhere, you're focusing on breath and you can be more attuned to your lover or lovers or partners or partners in the situation at hand. That can be erotic in itself. And it also means that you're paying attention to the subtleties of another person's body. I think sensation play, right? If you take away form of their touch, one of their sensations or their sight, um, that can enhance the erotic experience. And so playing around with what feels comfortable, uh, but also really attuning to your breath, your partner's breath, uh, the way things smell dropping in. That's where I think meditation can be, even though it's not necessarily sexual, has helped me in the bedroom because I'm very attention deficit. You know, I have a lot of short attention span in my head can also get you out of your head and into the scene that you're, that you're in to the actual sexual experience that you're in. So those pieces are all really important to spicing it up and making it hot, in my opinion, um, and the book's opinion too. Those are, <laughs> those are two key pieces. Uh, and Amy, I know that you have some, some juicy stuff too, because sex toys are always a really good way. Love sex toys. And, uh, but when I think of people that I've been intimate with, where I'm like, oh, they were a fabulous lover. They were always very present with me and also patient with me as well. So that would take like presence, like April said, they go hand in hand with meditation, like having the skill of being present for not only what's happening in your body, what's happening in your lover's body and showing up for that as opposed to being in your head, disconnected or goal driven, right? Like, oh, that sex needs to go this certain direction and that will pull you out of presence. So, you know, a lot of my best lovers are people that are totally okay with wherever this goes. If it doesn't go to orgasm, it's all good. It's just fun to play. It's fun to be intimate and to touch and be touched, or maybe we're not even touching. And so looking at orgasm or penetration, which is another thing, like sex has to have penetration. Um, those can be either bonuses or or just things that happen sometimes or a lot of the time, but that doesn't have to be what sex is all about. I also really appreciate, in my opinion, great lovers who look at sex as so many different aspects. Like sex could be making out. Sex could be us naked, just kind of grinding on each other for an hour. And that's all where it goes. And that gets rid of pressure. I think in our book, we say if pressure is poison, presence is the antidote, right? But it's, it's what can heal that and, and help people to feel seen. And I also... I mean, to me, a great lover is someone that helps me feel safe and I feel respected. I feel cared for. And that can come with so many different aspects of energy. But I think the presence and really showing up for being with someone. Also, slowness. Now, when I say this, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying all sex needs to be slow. I love me some good, fast, hard sex. Okay. But there's a time and a place <laughs> for it. And it's usually not in the first couple of minutes of touching my body or me touching another body. And whether it's casual sex or someone I've been with for a long time. And you know, if you're with someone and they're like, fuck me hard right now. And you are a yes to that, then please do that. Go knock yourself out. That can be great sex. And you could be a great lover because you're being present and paying attention. But the slowness helps me to feel safer, more connected, and it gives me more spaciousness to pay attention to my body. So I think a great lover is someone who has the ability to read the room and to show up and, and for their partner and pay attention and, and go. And if you don't know what you're doing, just go slow and go from there and then see what happens as opposed to starting fast and hard. Uh, I think the slowness is, is a better bet for positive outcomes. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Now, we know what we want. 
and we're great lovers. So let's talk about how to make things even hotter from there. (laughs) Now, the somewhat unfortunate reality of sex is that even if you're in touch with your wants and you're really good at sex, you know how to be a good partner, you can still grow bored with sex with a long-term partner. You know, we need sexual novelty to keep the engines running. So what are some new things that people might consider trying? And how do you bring up the idea of trying something new in a positive and healthy way? Because sometimes telling your partner you want to try something new can come across as, oh, you're not into me anymore, you're not happy with our sex life. So how do you start that conversation about trying something new? I think it comes back to that sexual menu as well. So doing that either separately and going as deep as you want with it. And the fantasy piece that you mentioned, obviously, this is, you're such an expert in this field. What fantasies are you willing to at least entertain the idea of, because sometimes you could be in the middle of of thinking you wanted a threesome and you're in the middle of this and this, it, you're just like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I want to pause. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, or you're like at a, at a sex party and you're like, this is actually, I, I'm having second thoughts about this. I, I want to go. So you could also just tap into learning about those things and trying it. You, you can dip toes into experiences and expect, again, being non-goal oriented is really important, um, which doesn't sound sexy, but if you could go in with an open mind um, to explore these fantasies or these sexual menu items, like maybe you really have really been interested in trying anal, but you had a scary experience, but you trust your partner that you're with and you want to try it again. So you could set this sexy date night, set the scene with some candles. If you don't like candles, it could be during the daytime where you maybe try the plug first and create this really fun environment that can be sexy, not too serious, right? Sex doesn't always have to be so serious where you think it has to look like the movie that you just, the rom-com that you just watched or this old movie or the porn. And I love porn for entertainment, by the way. I actually love porn so much. And I know that they're actors and a lot of times I can't duplicate what happens in the bedroom on a porn set, but I will take some of those pieces or ideas and some of the, the dirty talk, sexy talk, right? That can amplify a situation. Of course, if you're getting into where areas of, of openness and opening up the relationship, having the non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy going down this avenue, which can be really exciting for people and create huge amounts of, of newness and that novelty and that excitement that some people desire, um, right? Because the, when people get bored and the monotony is just continual, that's where I think you can cheat on your partner or have an affair and then there's a rupture and then you could nip it if you really want to stay with your partner and have sexual experiences with them. If you just talk about it, get clear in the sexual menu, your your erotic theme, your core erotic theme, which we're not going to go too into because there's a whole book on that, but what's your spank bank material and then act them out as such as your bedroom could be your stage as long as your partner is consenting to it and to anything that you want to do with them or to them, right? Or have them do to you. The world is really your oyster. You you can paint the canvas in a lot of different ways to keep things spicy and steamy. I think with the, the creating newness and we all know we, newness is, is really exciting. Also newness can be a little edgy too, right? Uh, you know, we habituate to our partners and our lovers and that's a great thing because it creates more safety, but the newness is what keeps that desire burning. And a lot of people think that, or of the belief that newness can't happen within monogamy. And so while 
we love us some non-monogamy. We also love monogamy and you can totally create newness within monogamy. I think what's really important is to not be set on what it used to be. If you're, if we're talking about long-term relationships, you know, like with the idea of like bringing that old spark back or like, wow, the way we used to have sex when we were 30, I want to do that again, but now we're 40 or we've had kids or life has changed or we've gone through trauma or those can still be teachers you know, your, your history can be teachers about what you want now and what, what newness worked for you then. But how does that apply to who you are now as, as opposed so instead of being really stuck on what it was, like, where are you at now? And then uh, the one example is kind of what April was saying earlier before about sex toys is some, something that comes up a lot. I want to try new sex toys with my partner. And this isn't just sex toys. Though. It could be anal. I want to try kink BDSM. I want to try Tantra. I want to try threesomes, what, uh, whatever this is. I, I just want to try talking and holding hands with you more than we used to or or have been doing. Expressing it as, again, and I said this before, not a problem or we're broken more, and not just a, a you thing. It's a we experience there. And as like a bonus or we're good, I want to be great or I care about you and our relationship so much. And I want us to experience all this together. It's this connection piece as opposed to being this isolated experience. And so I think that that create more safety, right? So if it's, I want... I want to buy more sex toys. I want to try. Uh, I want to try anal toys, or I want to. I want to get a vibrator. But if you're not explaining, like I want to share this with you, and maybe you also like I want to get a vibrator. I want to share it with you, but I also want to use it on my own sometimes. And you're probably like, but what's wrong with me? Why am I not good enough? So, you know, pleasure is pleasure, and this is a bonus for your lives. It creates more aliveness, more more endorphins, more feel good hormones, and so you're expressing it from that light, from that perspective of. I want more aliveness and I want it with you, even if we're not only sharing it with each other at the same time. I want you to feel alive. I want to feel alive. And here's the things that I think will help us or me feel alive. What about you? And then we put them together. Like and like April said, the yes, no, maybe list. And we go from there. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Now, part of the conversation about having hotter sex is that what makes sex hot at one point in our lives might not be so great at other points in time. And as sex educator Joan Price has said on the show before, one of the most common things she hears, particularly from older adults, is that the old ways don't work anymore. So let's say you've changed, your body's changed, your hormones have changed, that some change has happened. How do you make sex great again when the old ways just no longer work? There's so many possibilities. Like the first thing that comes to mind don't for me is up. like, don't give don't up. Give up. Yeah. Will, um, the first thing that comes to mind is like very common. Let's we'll talk about cocks. You know, cocks or penises, they change uh, with age, just like pussies, just like the skin on my face, just like my hair, just like all aspects of Amy will change with age. And so, you know, your body changes. They just will use, you know, penises, for example, like maybe your, your cock that got really hard when you were 30 or 40 or 50. Now you're 60 and seeing that's not the case, or maybe you're only 40 and that's not the case. And your partner really wants penetration, and so do you. There's so many ways to go about this, but we're so set on it having to be the way it was, and it has to be general based or focus. Hands are a bunch of cocks, in my opinion. It's a bunch of sex toys and cocks. I've had sex with with folks who have soft cocks, you know, couldn't get hard for various reasons. Instead of it being like, oh, what's wrong with you? Or that, or even if they're in their little shame spiral, I'm like, it's all good. I'm just happy to play with you. You can literally take three of your fingers together or two of them. You can put them inside of me and still be on top of me and humping me as if it's like part of your body. You can even, I've had someone wrap their fingers around their own soft cock and they're still soft cock 
cock is the soft cock is still inside of me. Um, there's sex toys. There's grinding when maybe we don't even do penetration and we just I fantasize about penetration. Or maybe I'm not into penetration, and that's just one example. I'm just talking about penises now, but the same applies to all aspects of sexuality. And and I I think that we just need to get creative and think outside of the box, literally and also figuratively, to think of all the other ways that we can play. We have this entire body and there's so much more to it than just our genitals and how they show up in play. Think of it as an opportunity, just shifting, because I, for instance, am 41 now and I just tore my meniscus. So my knee is blown out pretty much. And instead of getting down on myself, because sexually I love like flipping around, being in lots of different positions when I'm with my partner. And my knee is kind of was at first, I was bumming me out. I was like, this is so sad. I can't do the things I used to do. And I shifted my thought process to thinking of it as an opportunity and found a lot of as Amy said, creative ways to explore new things with my partner. And then if something, you know, was giving me a shooting pain in the knee, just shift it. Okay. And have patience with yourself, uh, but really explore your body and things that maybe you wouldn't have thought to try, like whether it's positions or toys. I love toys always because there's so many, but if sex is important to you and you know that you have a specific medication that's affecting your libido and your sex drive, that is a conversation that I would bring up to a doctor, right? Because a lot of times pleasure gets put on the back burner and people, since they don't prioritize their pleasure, they don't think that it's important. And yet there are solutions. There could be a different medication that maybe you could talk to a doctor about that could not affect your libido, but still serve its purpose, um, pharmaceutically speaking, right? And I'm not a doctor. We've got Dr. Lay Miller here, but I don't know if he's prescribing <laughs> anything um, to us right now. Um, nope. That being said, <laughs> nope. just, yeah, nope. Uh, but just think of it as an opportunity to learn more about what your body can do. And our bodies are amazing. They really are incredible, incredible creatures, us human beings. <laughs> I mean, you just might discover that, you know, your body's changed. And so what opportunity, what, what might it be available for or interested or capable of now? That might be way hotter than what it was 10 years ago. You never know. Like you might be like, oh, I've changed. Oh no, everything's over. But when you learn the things that actually work now, you might have better orgasms, more pleasure than you ever thought. You just don't know. Yeah, it's so true. So we've learned a lot about ourselves and how to approach sex in the right way for us during this conversation. Now, the final step is how do you keep the fire burning? You know, everybody's sex life is going to ebb and flow a little bit. There are times where everything is just working. And then there are periods where you fall off the proverbial horse. You know, that's normal. It's not realistic to think that you're going to be firing on cylinders in the bedroom at all times. But there are some things you can do to kind of minimize your downtime and get back on the horse. So what's your favorite tip or tips for keeping that fire burning? use a huge torch, no, and throw some wood on it, some logs. Uh, it's funny, this was our final chapter and it was the short chapter because we gave a bunch of tools for how to, from the past, the present, the getting through the I'm broken pieces to um, becoming a sexual self-master and then keeping that fire burning. It just takes practice and continually adapting and practicing what you've learned going back. And maybe you took a pleasure path in from shameless sex and you explored all these things, you did therapy, and then you hit another roadblock and you're like, wait, okay, I'm going to go back and learn some other tips and tools. Never stop learning, right? Education and experimenting with what works for you at some month that might be different than uh, the next month. A year to two years could be different than 10 years from now, or maybe it's going to be the same. If your relationship never hits any roadblocks, I'd be 
like so impressed with, with you and, <laughs> and call me and tell me the secret. Uh, but the beauty of it is keep on learning about yourself and your partner or partners and stay curious, right? Stay curious. And if you are bored, boredom is a created thing. I think it's self, it's self-inflicted, right? It's like, Hey, you can shift things. You don't have to be bored. So those pieces, I think we have a lot of other techniques like the flirting with yourself. I love that. And the self-care piece, take care of yourself so you can keep the fire burning in your relationship for other people. That's really important too. Cause you can't fill from an empty cup. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, similarly to what April said, two things kind of stand out to me. One is being preventative. So not waiting till shit hits the fan and you're, you have zero fuel to fuel that fire, um, which I think a lot of people do. And I don't think that we should always be working all the time. Like uh, every day, what kind of work have I done in my relationship or my sexual self? We do the work so we can chill and relax and enjoy for a while. And you, that while can be a long while, who knows? But you know, if you start to notice things changing, they're not, uh, they're getting a little more dull. You're feeling disconnected to your sensuality, your sexuality, instead of waiting for you to get to a point where shit hits the fan and it's explosive with your partner, or you feel like you're running on fumes, starting to do more work ahead of time and keeping some fuel in your energetic or sensual tank will be really, really helpful it's like an ebb and flow or like you you go into the deep workspace and then you step out and you're like enjoyment and sex and pleasure and, and ease, but being aware and paying attention to the subtle shifts that are starting to happen and then starting to implement the tools then as opposed to later on down the road. And it will be really helpful. I mean, if you if you do go see a sex therapist or coach and you go in when there is lots of problems, <laughs> you're lots of problems and, and you feel like there's no fuel in your tank, it's going to take you a lot more time, a lot more money to work through that. So why not start to do that work beforehand when you already have some fuel or some like positive experiences going on, but there's some shifts already happening. So I think that that's a really important piece. And it's never too late too. It's never too late. Anyone listening out there, if you're like, uh, is it too late? It's never too late. Yeah. Might take more time and money, but (laughs) you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) So true. So thank you so much for this amazing conversation, Amy and April. It was a pleasure to have you here. Can you please tell my listeners where they can go to learn more about you and your work and get a copy of your new book? Our book, Shameless Sex, it is actually available November 14th, and uh, that's 2023. Everywhere books are sold, but shamelesssex.com is where you can find all things Shameless Sex and any social media channels where everywhere it's just at Shameless Sex Podcast. And we are doing some events and, and book tour a little bit. So towards the end of 2023, and then in January and onwards of 2024, um, you can find us. So we might be coming to a city that is near you. So if you're listening, check at shamelesssex.com because all of that will be there. And we're really grateful to be on your show, Justin, and talking to all of your listeners. So thank you for having us. And that, that was a fun conversation about shameless sex, all of it. So much fun. And I'll be sure to include links to everything you mentioned in the show notes. Thank you for listening. To keep up with new episodes of this podcast, visit my website, Sex and Psychology, at sexandpsychology.com, or subscribe on your favorite platform, where I hope you'll take a moment to rate and review the show. You can also follow me on the socials for daily sex research updates. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Justin Lee Miller and Instagram at Justin J. Lee Miller. Also, be sure to check out my book, Tell Me What You Want. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer on a future episode of this show, you can leave me a podcast voicemail at speakpipe.com slash sex and psychology. Thanks again for listening. Until next time.